Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Well, it's great to be here. It's great to share the Word of God with you. And this morning, I would like to simply explain to you, give you revelation of how much God loves you, because He's our Father. So if you've got Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 15, which is a section of Scripture which I'm sure you all know about a story. It's about a story about two sons. So I'm reading from Luke chapter 15 from the A New Living Translation, starting at verse 11. And Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The youngest son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. A few days later, this son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land where he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept across the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired servants have enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me as your hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his, the servants, Quick! Get the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and he is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. And it's a very familiar story and we've heard it preached from so many different angles. It's a story of being lost. It's a story of being found. It's a story of repentance, restitution, restoration, sin, forgiveness, and the other son. I remember the Sunday school teacher said to his class once, who was unhappy when the son came home and little Johnny put his hand up at the back and he said, the fattened calf. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a story about a fattened calf as well. But it's also a story about a father who loved his son. Despite his actions, he simply loved him. And I believe that the father was distraught when he left. He didn't say, oh, go. I believe that he prayed long and hard for his son to return, knowing and vowing that whatever condition, whatever action, whatever consequences, he would welcome him back and restore him and forgive him. It's a story of the representation of God. Despite all that we've done, All that we're doing, all that we're going to do, he loves us. I've spoke on this section of scripture many times. And as I, um, Phil and I, we we were doing our ministry schedule together. And I said, I'll speak on Father's Day. And I never thought about this. And as I was reading this one day in my daily devotions, 
I read this verse and it just captured me. It said, while he was still a long way off, the father saw him coming and he was filled with love and compassion and he ran to his son and he embraced him and he kissed him. And for me, it encompasses everything that God is about, everything that God feels about us, everything that God feels towards us and everything that God is. Because God is love and he is a father that loves you. And this morning it's vitally important that you know this, that he is filled with love and compassion for you. He, even if you're a long way off, being a long way off, where, whatever, wherever you are this morning, God sees you, even if you're a long way off. And we can be a long way off for many reasons. We can be a long way off because of our relationship, because of our position, because of our knowledge. We may be a long way off this morning because we don't know him. We may feel a long way off this morning because we're in sin, we feel ashamed, we feel unworthy. We may be feel a long way off this morning because we don't understand God well enough because of our devotional life. Sometimes, and I include myself in this, we often feel a long way off from God. You know, sometimes I feel a long way off from God because of my understanding of him, failing to do the things that I know I should do, the things that I often stand here and tell you lot, this is what we should do. Because I don't always practice that in my life. But while he was a long way off, the father saw him coming and he was filled with love and compassion and he ran to his son and he embraced him and he kissed him. Because even when we're a long way off, the Father sees us. I see you this morning, says the Father. And that's not in a condemning or creepy way. That's not spying or overpowering. But it's out of a heart of love and compassion. You see, God doesn't check in on us sometimes. He doesn't say, he doesn't sit in heaven one day and think, well, I've not checked in on Carl lately. I ought to check in and see how he's doing. Because he's, he's almighty God and he's with you all the time. You know, God doesn't just check in for calendar events or when we cry out to him. He's with us all the time. He sees us because he's filled with love and compassion, even when we're far away from him. The word compassion, it means this, a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate that suffering. And if we're suffering this morning, God wants to alleviate that suffering because you may feel far away or far off for any other reason. But he wants to run to us, he wants to kiss us and embrace us because he's filled with love and compassion because God loves us. It's a profound statement to say that God loves you. And we can say it with so little impact or meaning. But it's almighty God, the creator of the heavens and the universe, that he loves me and he loves you. And this morning, I just want to challenge us that do we see that? Do we believe that? Do we experience that? Do we feel that? You see, we have a loving father who sees us, filled with love and compassion. And when we come to him, he runs to us. Notice that, that the son was walking towards him. 
He was probably starving. He was probably half dead. There's some, I, I was looking at a book the other day and there was a, a, an artist had drawn a picture and there was this really thin, emaciated man and all his ribs were showing and he was walking towards the father but the father was running towards him and we only have to turn to God and he runs towards us. God doesn't take the high ground with us. He's not a school teacher. He doesn't sit in the heavens and fold his arms and he's sort of nonchalant to us. But he runs to us as soon as we call him. Today is Father's Day and we celebrate fathers. And it can be a painful, bittersweet day. We may not have a father. He may have died. My father passed away in September. We may have never known our father. He may have been a cruel person who possibly damaged us emotionally or physically. And it's often said in Christian circles that our experience of our father can shape and mould and, and uh, change our relationship towards God. And indeed, we don't relate that statement exclusively for Christian circles. However, being a father and being fathered is a representation of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And for many of us, we've had great fathers who've set a great image of God. However, my sons will tell you that they have seen me at my very best and at my very worst. But for many, we sometimes feel it hard to relate to the fatherhood of God because of what we've experienced. And this can be coupled with a lack of understanding of, the, of, of God's heart towards us. And we hear folks say, well, you may not have a father or you may have been, he may have been absent or cruel, but you have a heavenly father who loves you. And all that's true, but that statement can be very unhelpful because we need to have understanding. And my prayer this morning is that we see something today that's going to give us revelation, hope and release because the father loves you. Back in the day when I was a young man, before I was married, I had a real desire to have a son. In fact, I had a desire to have two sons. And I was really concerned regarding my family tree. Um, because I wanted, I wanted the name to carry on. And family trees are a strange thing because usually all they produce is a bunch of nuts. But... Um, <laughs> For some reason, I wanted to carry on my family tree, and I've got three granddaughters now, so God has a sense of humour. But um, <laughs> it was in my heart, ever before I met Mandy, they were a twinkle in my eye. And I had a dream, I had a vision, I had a hope, I had a goal. And let's just hold that thought a moment. Let's turn to the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 1, which is right at the start of the Bible. <laughs> and it says this, it says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the deep. And many folks spend hours debating this passage in Genesis, the, oranges, the origin of the earth, the age of the earth, pre-creation theories. But all I know is this, it says that it was, the earth was, before it was formless and empty, that God had created the earth and it was formless and empty. And some translations say that it was void and it was dark. But I have found a scripture 
that predates that verse? Would you like to hear it? I'm glad you've asked. It's in Ephesians, believe it or not. And it says this, it says in Ephesians 1 verse 4, that he chose us before, everybody say before, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. He predestined us for adoptions to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And in my Bible, you are allowed to write in your Bible, I must just clarify that. In my Bible, I've written that above Genesis. And it says this, I've written, He chose me before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He predestined me for adoption through Jesus Christ because it pleased him. Hallelujah. It wouldn't be correct of me to read that verse without reading it in the King James. But in the King James, it says that before the foundations of the world, before he made the world, he chose me, he chose you, before. Before you were born, he chose you. Before your parents were born, he chose you. Before your grandparents were born, he chose you. He chose you before 1939. What happened in 1930? We're going to have a bit of history lesson now. What happened in 1939? World War II broke out. He chose you before World War II broke out. 1914. First World War. There is a, there is a point to this. Before the First World War, he chose you. It's going to get harder now. What happened in 1666? Oh, I'm impressed. The Great Fire of London. He chose you before the Great Fire of London. 1665. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. In 1665 was the Great Plague of London. I'll give you a tip here. So you remember the Great Fire of London because 1666 looks like little flames and 1665 was the year before and the flames cleansed the plague. Overlevel history. 1588, the Spanish Armada. God was thinking about you before the Spanish Armada. Everybody knows this one from school. 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. 1066, everybody knows what happened in 1066. In 1066, the Battle of Hastings, before the Battle of Hastings, God was thinking about you. He'd chosen you. 793, the Vikings invaded. 33 AD, Jesus was crucified. And in 3 AD, Jesus was born. And before all of that, God was thinking about you. Because all through history, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, was mindful of you. Margaret, you were a twinkle in God's eye before the creation of the world. It's amazing. Because it's his story. His story. We are his story. We were a twinkle in his eye. And despite battles, wars, fires, immigration, plagues, 
invasions of this country, your lineage was established and maintained all through history. It was upheld and it was protected from the foundations of the world. That is amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And next time you watch a history program, remember this. God was thinking about me before this happened. I was chosen. We weren't chosen collectively. We were chosen individually. God was thinking about us. Because in Colossians 1.16 it says this. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he, held, he holds all creation together. You were created through him and for him. Predestination, that's a big word. All through history, it says in Ephesians 1.5, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And the definition of, or the doctrine of predestination is that God has eternally chosen those he intends to save. And I know that raises massive questions for some folk. If God knows everything in advance, then why did this happen? Why didn't that go well for me? Why did this change? And all I can say is he's almighty God. And he's good all the time. It's just a, a little glimpse into the greatness and the vastness and the hugeness, if that's such a word, as God, of God. In Psalm 139, it says that you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in my mother's womb. In one, vo in one version it says, I was not hidden from you. You saw me before I was born. You saw me when I was formless. And every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You watched me being formed in utter seclusion. It was, it's almost like God said... Now is the time for this appointed son, this appointed daughter to be born and fulfill my plan. I've protected their lineage all through history and now they're going to be part of my glorious creation. All through history he was mindful of you. I'm just explaining something now but just put yourself in this, in this image. In September... 1965, he was watching me grow in utter seclusion. He was watching me grow in the dark. And I was not hidden from him. Even though I was, even though I was formless, he was watching me. And on Sunday, the 26th of June, 1966, at 2 a.m. in the morning, I was born. And every day of my life was recorded in his book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. Because he knew that in October 1980 that I would kneel at the foot of a bed and surrender to him. He knew that in June 1984 that I would hear a word from God that would completely change my life. He knew that on the 5th of November 1988, which was Guy Fawkes night, <laughs> I would meet a girl 
who had also been predestined before the foundations of the world. There was definitely some fireworks that night. <laughs> and he knew, he knew that on February the 10th, 1990, that I would make a covenant with that woman and we would become one flesh and represent Christ and his church. He knew. He knew that in March 1992 and November 1993, we would have two sons who had also been predestined before the foundations of the world. He knew all my struggles, all my triumphs, all my journeying. He sees it all and already knows it. And in 2000, and I'll be so many years old, I will pass into his presence. And he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Do you know, when I wrote that down and I put that, I started to think about that, I thought, how can I ever worry, be upset, get concerned about anything? Because God holds our lives in his hand. We are not simply a note on God's calendar. He doesn't check in. He doesn't come and see us on our birthday or Father's Day or Christmas because he loves us and he's a father that loves you. At this point, I wanted to show you all of an animated video of fertilization, but my, my wife told me that I wasn't allowed to do that. And as I always do what my wife tells me, I'm not going to show it. Just saying it's out loud is enough, Steve. Exactly. But I want to be open with you all. But it's an amazing thing. And so what I did was I read some of the comments under the video. And one person put, if you ever feel like a loser, you should watch this video. And one person put, I'm not a Christian, but I can't believe that this is just by chance. There are no mistakes with God. There are no accidents. And can I, so can I say respectfully that no one's here because of too many glasses of wine on a Sunday night? Because God has a plan for everybody. In John 15 it says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. That's, that's an incredible verse. To appoint you to go and produce lasting fruit. God chose you before the foundations of the world. Because he loves you. We go back to that statement, well, you may not have had a father, he may have been absent, he may have been cruel, but you have a heavenly father who loves you. Well, the truth is he does. And he's not a consolation prize. He's not second place. He's not a crutch. He's not a patch. Because he loves us. In 1 John 3, it says, how very much our father loves us, for he has called us his children, and that's who we are. You know, there's another who's described as the father of lies, a father of lies, but we don't believe the lies because we have a father who's full of love and compassion. And my dad is bigger than his, my dad's bigger than your dad. Do you remember that at school? We say that, you know, and we see you outside the gate where my dad's bigger than your dad. And he is, he's a big dad. He's a father to the fatherless. He's the defender of widows. And Jesus said this, he said, your children ask for a fish. Do you give them a, a snake instead? 
Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So you sinful people who know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit for those who ask him? Because he wants the best for us. He wants to add good things to our lives that will make us grow. Because God loves you and he's full of compassion. Know this morning that you are a child of God. You are chosen. You are found. You are not lost. You know what it means to belong. You do belong because you have a father. He has a plan for your life and he doesn't just check in. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you love us, that your heart is towards us, that, Lord, even when we're far off, you see us, that, Father, we only have to turn to you and you run to us. Father, I just I pray for every soul here this morning. Lord, I just pray for anyone who feels far off, that, Lord, if they don't know you, that, Lord, they will come to know you. Lord, that if they're in sin, that, you, that they know your forgiveness. Lord, if they feel unworthy, that they'd know your restoration and your restitution. Lord, I just pray that you would give us a heart's desire this morning to know you, to grasp you, to hold you, to feel your embrace, to feel your kiss, Lord. Father, I just pray that we would know a great sense of belonging this morning, that we'd know your presence, Lord. Father, I just pray that today's Father's Day, and Lord, for every heart that is aching, for every heart that is hurting, that, Lord, they would know your presence, that your presence is ever close by, Lord, because you're a Father who's full of love and compassion. Father, we just, we just, in this moment of silence, we just reach to you, Lord. We thank you that your hand is upon our lives. That before anything was created, you, were in our, you had us in your heart. That you were thinking of us. Not corporately. You had, yes, you had a plan for your church. But you were thinking about us as an individual. And Father, I just pray that that would blow every mind, Lord, here. That we would know the love of God and a great sense of security and belonging, Lord. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing a song now. And I just want, as we sing this song, I just, my prayer is that what I've shared this morning will galvanise in every heart. And if you, if you feel far off this morning, I would love to pray for you. You may be far off because you don't know him. You may be far off because of something that's in your life. You may, I don't know. But I would love to pray with you and just to seal in your heart that God loves you and that he's full of compassion, that he wants to embrace you. He wants to kiss you. He wants to bring you into all that he has for you. He indeed wants to put a robe on you and a ring on your finger and sandals on your feet. Amen.
Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.